does, then so shall I. You should not imitate his bad habits. Henry's bad habits? He has none. He is my wonderful brother. Do you know, Catherine, I love him better than anyone in the world? Her face darkened suddenly. I should love Charles, I suppose. But he is not like Henry. She ran to the picture which she had propped up on the window seat, and coming back, sat at Catherine's feet, holding it out before her. It showed the Prince of Castile, a boy with sleepy eyes and a heavy jaw. His mouth was slightly open, and it was scarcely a prepossessing face. Now can you imagine anyone less like Henry, went on Mary, and that is Charles, my bridegroom. Oh, what a wonderful thing it would be if Henry were not my brother, then I might marry him. You are very frivolous and talk a great deal of nonsense, said Catherine primly, but in spite of herself she was smiling. She thought, it is the same with us all. We tremble for her, we deplore her frivolity, and yet there is not one of us who is unaffected by her charm. After all, she is but a child. She will grow up. Dear sister, she went on, tomorrow is a very solemn occasion for you. If you would like to pray with me... Mary shook her head emphatically. I've said my prayers for the day. And you are quite wrong, Catherine. It is a joyous occasion. Did you not hear the bells ringing out this morning? There will be music in the streets and the people will make bonfires and dance round them. They're all so pleased because I'm going to marry Prince Charles. There is nothing solemn about it. My father says it is a good marriage. So do all the old men from Flanders. They say that trade will flourish because of me, and that in marrying Charles I shall be doing my duty to England and my father's house. So, if I am doing all that, I'll not be solemn too. The wind howls. They say it is hot in Spain, is it? You know, because it was once your home. Catherine, one day I shall be Queen of Spain. Catherine shook her head resignedly. My poor, poor Catherine, Mary rushed on. All this talk of marriage makes you sad. You remember your own marriage and poor Arthur. Oh, Catherine, I am sorry. But smile. You shall dance tomorrow. Did you know there is going to be bullfighting and bear-baiting? There'll be hunting and hawking, and I'll swear there'll be jousting. It's going to be so exciting. Henry says that we do not have enough gaiety at court, and when he is king... She stopped and put her fingers to her lips. But it really will be a very fine ceremony, Catherine, and you should enjoy it with the rest of us. She heard the sound of laughter from below, and running to the window, she knelt once more on the seat. It is Henry, she cried. He is returning from the hunt. Henry! Henry! She was tapping vigorously on the window, and the group of young men below looked upward. In their centre was her brother Henry, already, although not yet eighteen, over six feet tall. He stood, legs apart, hands on hips, for the groom had taken his horse. He was soberly dressed, but only because his father deplored extravagance, and he managed to wear his clothes with a jaunty air. And indeed, their very sobriety accentuated his dazzlingly healthy looks. Hey, sister, he called. 
Then he turned and spoke to his attendants, who immediately burst into laughter, implying that his wit was irresistible. He entered the palace, and in a few minutes had flung open the door of the room and was striding toward his sister. She leapt up at him, putting her arm about his neck. He swung around and she shrieked with delight. Catherine, quietly watching, thought how much they resembled each other and how pleasant it was to observe the affection between a brother and sister. It was particularly comforting to realise that Henry was capable of such deep feeling, because she hoped that one day she might be the object of his devotion. She saw in this young man her chance of regaining her lost dignity, and the humiliation of the last years had been almost beyond bearing. Had she not made a great effort to suppress her feelings, she could have hated the King of England, who had treated her with such cold indifference.